those days Caesar Augustus issued the census, so Joseph went to Bethlehem, the town of David, to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him. While they were there, she gave birth to her firstborn baby. She wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Your mother and father named you Jesus, which means Savior. As the angel had said, you are also Messiah, which means anointed one.
I'm rebooting my computer because I had to get it out of the way so the kids didn't trip over it earlier. Um, you guys that have heard me speak before, you know I like to put the scriptures up on the screen because I use a lot of scriptures. Uh, I have an opinion about preaching, and it's that you don't need my opinion. You need the word of God. And so I'm notorious for just giving people word baths. You guys want a word bath this morning? <laughs> yeah, Jesus said you were clean because of the word that I spoke to you. Washed with the water of the word. Okay, let's see if this will work. We're getting something here. This computer's older than I am. Not quite, but it's pretty old. Man, didn't we have a wonderful time worshiping together this morning? And uh, David, I'm in complete agreement with what you said. That, that um, Well, I remember when I got married, somebody told me something real simple. They said, two are better than one. And there's something that happens when we come together. How many of you know that there's enough disunity and division in the world and even in the church that it's just an awesome testament when you actually see the exact opposite of that, right? And I think it really sticks it to the powers of darkness when we come together in unity. Amen. So I love it. Let's see if this comes up here. Hey, look, that came up. Good. Praise the Lord. Well, I just want to honor the presence of God again. He's, he's always with us, uh, but I am so super careful to never just leave him out. You know, if you've done ministry for a long time, the scary thing is you can actually do the stuff whether he's doing it with you or not because you just know how to do it, and that scares me to death. So I always implore the Lord, God, we need your presence. So Father, <laughs> Lord, this has been a wonderful time so far just being here and worshiping you, Lord, in spirit and in truth, but God, if you don't anoint this right now, it's going to be just completely a waste of our time, Father. We need your presence. We need your, your grace. God, we need your anointing to flow. Father, this is your word, God, and I take it seriously when I stand up here and share your word with your people. And so, Father, would you just grace us, Lord, with, with your presence and with your power this morning, God. And, Lord, would you let this word penetrate right into the souls, into the hearts, dividing soul and spirit. Let your word be that sharp, two-edged sword. Uh, Lord, that separates the vile from the holy. Lord, would you just come and give us a word bath this morning, Jesus? We need it, God, and we love you, we honor you, we bless you. It's all about you, Jesus. There's no other name that's lifted up but the name of Jesus. And we love you, God. Amen. Whew. Man, I'm a, I'm a little uh, almost weak this morning, but it's, I just feel the weight of of his presence. That's a good thing. I don't want to be strong. I want to be weak in his presence. But I want to start with just a tiny bit of review from the last time I was here. I guess it was last month, was it not? We've been kind of doing this about once a month. And uh, the Lord gave me a very clear word for 2021, which I did share the last time that I was here, but I want to just quickly give a little bit of review. I heard this as clear as I've ever heard anything. The Lord said, it's time to build. And for those of you that were here, you can remember this, and if you weren't, it would be worth going back on the web and finding it, because I really believe that it was a true word for 2021. Uh, it's time to build. We all know the world's going crazy. We know everything is, is nuts, but, but this doesn't change our mandate as the church. And so here's just a quick review. Matthew 16, Jesus himself said, upon this rock, I will build my church 
and the gates of hell will not be able to do anything about it. Will not be able to stop it. And I told you that he actually released that word geographically, geographically at a place that was considered to be the gate of hell in that day. I mean, Jesus took it right to the gate of hell and said, I'm starting my church and the gates of hell will not stop it. That always just fires me up because Jesus is not a wimp. He is almighty and he's all powerful. So Jesus said, I will build my church. So everybody's like, well, what's God doing in 2021? What's Jesus doing? He's building his church. That's what he's doing. And we talked about Ephesians 4. Everybody knows uh, the five-fold ministry in Ephesians 4. And I'm not going to hash all this back out because I just preached it last time I was here. It's not where we're going this morning, but this is kind of a part two. Uh, at his ascension, Jesus distributed five love gifts to build up the church. And I say it that way specifically. This was his love for his body. Jesus is the apostle. Jesus is the prophet. He is the evangelist. He is the great shepherd. He is the great teacher. And he distributed of himself to his body for their development. Amen? Yeah. And thank God do we ever need that. So we all know this. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. The responsibility of all fivefold ministry is to build the church into what? Maturity and unity. So here's the question. How much immaturity and disunity do we see? Well, then that's how much work we have left to do. People are like, oh, well, I mean, I, I, can, I can believe that pastors are still around and evangelists, but man, those apostles and prophets, those things, those are long gone, right? That was first century stuff. Okay, Ephesians 4 says, until... Until is a very big word. Until we've reached full maturity and unity, has that happened? So until is still in play. We need all of the five ministries that God himself gave us to bring us into maturity. Now I want to show you something that is just intriguing to me. Uh, biblical mentions. I want to tell you how many times these, these five-fold ministries were mentioned in the New Testament. Apostles were mentioned 75 times. Prophets were mentioned 19 times. Evangelists were mentioned three times. Teachers were mentioned nine times. And pastors were mentioned one time. No, I mean, it's, it's interesting because we're Americans. And everybody in ministry is a pastor. I mean, I even heard them say, like, for the media, oh, he's our media pastor. What is he, like, pastor in the computer? I mean, I'm just saying it's like everybody's a pastor if you are in a church, right? But that's an Americanized mindset. That's not a New Testament mindset, right? And I'm all for pastors because we need all five. I'm not, each of the five are equally necessary. And we talked about in this the last message, there's not a verticality to any of this. It's horizontal, the way that we build. It's linear. It's a sequential order in the way that you build, not a hierarchy and a verticality. Is everybody clear on that? Because there's some weird stuff out there calling itself apostolic and prophetic and whatever that is not the pattern. <laughs> so I have to say that. And we talked about it last time at length. So here's where I want to go with this. The five-fold ministry is mentioned 107 times in the New Testament. So that's all of the combined mentions of this. But this is not where we're going because we already talked about this in the last message. Let's shift gears. Brothers is mentioned 244 times in the New Testament, as in spiritual brothers and sisters. Children, as mentioned 36 times, as Paul would say, you're my children in the Lord. You remember? Sons is mentioned 23 times. You're my son in the Lord. Brothers, children, sons, or spiritual family is mentioned 303 times in the New Testament. Are you tracking with me? We're getting to a punchline here. Family is mentioned three times more than ministry in the New Testament. 
You catching on to this? Jesus didn't die just to create a bunch of ministry. He died to create a family. This is the heart of the Father. I've been in ministry my whole adult life. I'm not knocking ministry. I'm doing ministry right now. But God's emphasis and weight is always on family. He wants true brothers and sisters, true sons and daughters, true fathers and mothers, true spiritual family. That is the heart of God. So here's the punchline. Our relationships with one another as the children of God is more important to God than all of our ministry functions. If I had a mic, I would drop it. That is it. That is it. That is the heart of the matter. It's the heart of the matter. I'm telling you, we can have the best ministry ever and have a bunch of people that don't know each other, don't love each other, and don't get along. And what would we accomplish? We just have a bunch of people showcasing their spiritual gifts and puffing themselves up. I'm telling you, if anything gets disjointed from relational community, the whole thing goes wacky. The whole thing goes haywire. Is that true? Have we all been a part of it at some level? I've been guilty of it, so I know what I'm talking about. I used to be ministry first, relationship second. Now I'm relationship first, ministry second. I mean that. The Lord has done a complete 180 with me in this, in this regard. So our relationships with one another as the children of God is more important than all of our ministry functions. This is not going to be a long word, but I'm going to share several scriptures with you right now. It's time to build. So last time I talked about the five-fold ministry is anointed and called by God to build the body. We all believe that, right? Yes. All the five are meant to build. But do you want to know what else? It's time to build the body of Christ. Yes. It's time to build one another. Okay, so nobody's off the hook. Oh, well, it's the pastor's job to build me up. No, the Bible says that we are to build one another. We're going to get into a whole different thing this morning. I'm not talking about ministry. I'm not talking about fivefold. I'm not talking about preachers. I'm not talking about prophets. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We are called to be spiritual bodybuilders. Now, for most of us, long gone is the chance for us to be natural bodybuilders. But we do have a chance to be spiritual bodybuilders. Amen? Which is very much more important because the flesh counts for nothing and it's here today and gone tomorrow. But what we're doing is eternal. Amen? So here's what we're going to do again. Here goes the word bath. I want to read you, and it won't be all of them, but it's going to be the bulk of them, the one another's of the New Testament. Has nothing to do with five-fold ministry. Has nothing to do with preachers or anybody. It has to do with one another. What did I say? Brothers, sons, children, family, one another. Everybody tracking with it? You want to dive in? Everybody good? Everybody stretch? Ready to go? Okay, here we go. Romans 12.10 Love each other, there's your one another, with genuine affection. That means don't fake it. And take delight in honoring each other. Amen. How many times have we seen or even been guilty of dishonoring another part of the body? Do you know in the communion scripture that's famous for some have fallen asleep early, some have died prematurely? If you really study that out, it has to do with dishonoring the body of Christ. Now that's heavy duty stuff because, I mean, that's got some major implications. But you can't just go around continually dishonoring God's body and it not negatively affect you. Some have fallen asleep early, Paul said. That's heavy duty. Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with each other. 
Now, I'm a musician. I've been a musician all my life. When you have chords that fit together in harmony, it's beautiful. There's another thing called dissonance when you hit two notes that don't go together and it sounds horrible. Have you ever heard that? Okay, so when we're living not in unity with each other, we sound horrible not just to us but to the outside world that's looking at us going, what is that? They can hear if it's in harmony or if, in, if, it's, if it's off. Does that make sense? I'm just going to keep plowing through these. Romans 13, 8 Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Now, I would say this. This is a different kind of a rabbit trail, but many relationships have been blown up over something as stupid as money. Is it the truth? Hey, man, can I borrow 100 bucks? Sure, man. Here, let me give you some counsel. If somebody asks you to borrow 100 bucks, give them 100 bucks. Does this make sense? Just give it to them and don't ask for a repayment. You're going to save the relationship. <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure if you're loaning. This is a whole other subject, but you guys know what I'm saying. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Now listen to this bombshell. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Is it that simple? Is it really that simple that as a church, if we really just actually loved one another, we would fulfill everything that God has for our life? Is it that simple? I think that it is. Not easy to do, but it is that simple. Romans 14, 13. Boy, here's some good counsel. So let's stop condemning each other. Another translation says stop passing judgment on one another. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. Now, I'll be honest with you. We've all done it. Everybody's guilty of this. But, but have we judged or condemned another and it caused them to stumble and fall? Have we run people out of the church because of our critical spirit? Have we, have we bickered with one another and people come in and said, I don't want nothing to do with that. I already have that in the world. Lord, help us. Romans 15, 7. Therefore, accept each other, accept one another, just as Christ accepted you, so that God will be given glory. So here's the thing that none of us can escape. If we have been rescued by the grace of God, if we have been redeemed, if we have been had mercy upon, then now it is our duty to reflect that back to one another. You can't receive mercy from God and not give mercy to people. You can't receive grace from God and not give grace to people. Does that make sense? You can't receive forgiveness from God and not forgive people. There's a lot of parables in the Bible about what happens if God forgives you but you refuse to forgive your brother, right? It does not go well with you. We're going to keep moving. I'm just going straight through these scriptures it's not even going to be very long this morning, but Galatians 5, 13 through 15. For you've, called, you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. So what do we do? Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Is this talking to five-fold ministers? I know I'm getting back to that. I keep saying that. No, this is love one another, serve one another. This is body building the body. Amen? Amen? Now, my wife's not in the room, and she'd get mad at me if I said this, so don't tell her. But, but my wife is just, she is the real genuine article. She is just the most loving, caring, 
merciful human that I've ever met. And I've been married to her for 16 years. I know her pretty well. There's nothing fake about it. She just genuinely loves people. And she is so busy with our three kids and with Christmas and all this stuff. And I literally watched her serve yesterday on a Saturday three different families. She doesn't want me to tell you this, but I watched it and I was like, this is what I'm preaching today. I'm like, I just watched my wife object lesson do what I'm trying to preach today. So, so we're trying to live this and, and just because I'm preaching it doesn't mean I'm great at it. We're just, right? We're all learning this together. We're all growing together. But the truth has to be, if, unless you hear, what did it say? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. We got to hear it first so that we know, okay, this is the way that we're supposed to be going. Amen? But verse 14, for the whole law, again, can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Again, could it be that simple? Verse 15, listen to this. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Oh my goodness. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to keep going back to the Father heart of God. What grieves the heart of God more than anything? When his own sons and daughters are biting, devouring, and destroying one another. As a father, I look at my sons. I don't want them treating each other this way. Now, they're little rambunctious boys, and they literally get in fist fights. I mean, it's okay. They're boys. They, they tussle. But then I'll catch them in a moment where they're just like, I love you. Like they, You see, they love each other. But what if the father heart of God looks down at his church and he's just looking for what I'm saying? Where is the love between my children? Like genuine affection. Not fake it till you make it. (laughs) Genuine affection. And where does this come from? It can only come because we've received it from God. It's not coming out of us. There's nothing good in us. Everybody know that, right? There's no good in us. It's the Holy Spirit living in us. His love's been shed abroad in our heart. And so now we can respond to humans the way that he does, which is with love, mercy, grace, compassion, kindness, sensitivity, gentleness, everything that he is. Amen? So Galatians 5.26, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Now see, all of that is just flesh. It's not spirit. Obviously, the Holy Spirit is not jealous of anyone. That's flesh stuff. But how many times, let's get practical, how many times have you been in a relationship or or a community or a job or a church or anywhere and you've seen jealousy come in and just blow up the whole thing? It's an evil thing. It is an evil thing. And you know, when James said, if you find selfish ambition and envy and jealousy, you will find every evil thing. That's a big one, man. If we are even struggling with that to the smallest degree, we got to get this out of our lives. God will give mercy and grace, but we got to repent of it. If we struggle with any of these things, we got to be honest and say, God, I'm sorry, man. I want what this guy has. I'm jealous. I want to be, you know, all that stuff. You got to, no, you got to drop that mess. We cannot carry that into family. Amen? So Galatians 6, 2 and 3, share one another's burdens And in this way, obey the law of Christ. See, we just keep going back. It sounds like I'm saying the same thing over and over again, doesn't it? But this is the New Testament. This is community. This is church. This is family. This is what Jesus died to give us. If you think, this is, I love this. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. 
I love the Bible because it keeps us all straight, doesn't it? We need the conviction of truth. I'm telling you, sometimes I'm reading the Bible and, and something will hit me so hard and I thank God for it. Thank you, God, for conviction. If we ever lose conviction, we're in trouble. Oh, God, would you convict us of sin. Oh, God, would you convict us when we're getting off track. I, I, I pray to God, Lord, convict me. Because I don't want to be, be off. I want to be a son that's obedient to my father. And I know you do too. Lord, help us. So Ephesians 4, verses 2 and 3. I know I'm just rapid firing these, but you can go back and rewatch. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Wow. You want to know how to have a good family life? I just described it right there. Be patient with each other and make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. If I can only relate to you if you have super good behavior, I'm probably not ever going to be able to relate to anyone. Now, I'm not excusing sin or excusing bad behavior, but I'm saying if we have to wait till every one of us is so squeaky clean perfect to have a relationship with each other, nobody in this room is going to have a relationship with anybody. Does that make sense? You still got junk in your life, and I still got junk in my life, but we're still called to do this together. And we're still called to love each other through our mess and hopefully get our hearts healed and our souls restored through this process of both loving God and loving one another. That's actually the New Testament in a nutshell. That's how it's supposed to work. God heals and restores us as we come together in true unity and fellowship and love. It's a beautiful thing. And this is what, I'm telling you this, this is what the world doesn't have and that the world wants. And if they can't find it in the church, they're going to go find it somewhere in a cheap substitute, right? So I'm not expecting the world to have all this stuff right, but the church has got to get this stuff right. We have to get this stuff right. Amen? Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And see, this is the thing. There's only unity in one thing. There's unity in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you what, everybody in this room has, has got a whole different backstory. Everybody in this room has a different upbringing. Everybody in this room has different views, different everythings. The one thing, if we're born again, that we have in common is that the Holy Spirit lives inside of all of us. That is the unifying factor of all of us. We may not have anything in the natural in common. There's probably people in this room that would never in a million years hang out with each other based on mutual interests. But we all have one and the same interest, which is the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of us and we are literally adopted by the same Father, which makes us sons and brothers. Amen? Amen? And sisters, it's gender neutral. If I can be the bride of Christ, ladies, y'all can be a son. Okay? It's gender neutral. You guys understand, this is spirit. So Ephesians 4, 31 through 32 Here's some very good counsel. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. He just listed everything that will wreck relationships in your life. Doesn't matter if it's in church or if it's in your living room or if it's on your job, it doesn't matter. Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander. All of this is evil behavior. I'll be honest with you, I'm married, I can tell you uh, as a testimony, my, my wife does not like harsh words. 
It doesn't fly. And it doesn't fly with any relationship, amen? All of these things are things that have to go for us to relate to one another, to love one another. So verse 32, instead, here's the opposite. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You feel this repetitive theme? I know it's, it feels like I'm just saying the same stuff. This is the New Testament over and over and over. I'm trying to drive the point home that God has called us to this reality. And if we've experienced something less than this reality, we gotta find out why and we gotta fix it. And God gives us the grace to fix it. So there's two options. We either throw the whole thing away and run for the hills or we either actually say, God, if this is possible, I wanna be a part of it. My daddy taught me you can be a part of the problem or you can be a part of the solution, son. I'm the guy that wants to be a part of the solution. I see the problems, I'm not blind, but am I gonna sit there and moan and groan about the problems or am I gonna do something about it, right? I wanna be a part of the solution. Yes, we can see the problems, but God, what's the solution and let's get our hands busy doing that. Amen? I know I'm in good company. Ephesians 5.21, oh boy, here's a bad word. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What in the heck does that mean? <laughs> Submit to one another. Now you're getting crazy. No, this is still New Testament. Submit to one another. I'm gonna tell you what, I have people in my life, and I hope you do too, that I trust more than I trust myself. If I'm the final authority in my life on all things, that's a dangerous place to be. Do you have somebody you trust more than yourself? Hopefully your spouse, that's number one. But do you have people even outside of your immediate family that you would look at somebody and say, you know what, I trust and value what you say to me. I would go to somebody and say, hey, here's what I think, but what do you think about this? And I'll submit this to you. There's wisdom in the multitude of counsel, right? Do you know there's nothing in the New Testament, oh, I gotta hit this again. Man, I hit this last time I was here, but I feel the Holy Spirit going here again. There's nothing in the New Testament that ever okays lording it over people in any circumstance, ever, Amen. never. So when you see this submission thing, this is a mutual submission. Now does God have leaders and authorities and five formations? Of course he does. There, there is really authority, but, but it's not this lord it over you thing. And if you've ever been a part of that, I wanna publicly apologize to you. That is not the heart of God. That is not the kingdom of God. That is not Jesus. This totalitarian, I'm gonna lord my whatever over you. No, Jesus said, I did not come to be served. I came to serve. That is the baseline for anybody that is in ministry is I'm not coming here for you to serve me. I'm coming here to give my life for you. You wanna see a real leader? That's what a real leader's supposed to be. Amen. I'm not here for you to give me something, I'm here to give you something. Amen. Jesus, help us. And further submit to one another, out of reverence for who? Not even for each other, reverence for Christ. I'm submitting to you because I fear God. It's true. It's the only way you can do it. You can't submit to one another unless you fear God. Moving along, Philippians 2, 2 through 4. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Boy, that sounds big. Agree wholeheartedly with each other. Loving one another and working together with one mind and one purpose. I've got a guy, he's not here this morning, but there's a guy in our fellowship that he says this all the time. He's like, if you really want to know somebody, go work with them for a day. And it's true, right? It says working together with one mind and one purpose. And so... We are called to these things, 
And I hope that, that I'm giving you some, some hope. I hope this is not scaring everybody like, oh God, do we have to really get this close and do community and love one another like this? Well, yes, we do. But that should excite you, not scare you. And I know there's baggage and stuff that we bring into every relationship and we got fears and we got all this stuff because of trauma. I know all that, I get all that, and Jesus is faithful to heal all that. Amen. He is. So again, I'm gonna say it again. We can run from relationships, we can run from community, we can basically blend into the crowd, nobody knows my name and I don't want anybody to know my name. Or we can say, God, I want real community in my life. I want real people that know me and that I know them and that we know each other are jacked up but we love each other through it. Can we do that? Jesus. I, I love it, man. I'm all, I'm all for this because God's all for this. Don't be selfish. Number one thing that ruins all relationships. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. What in the world? Now, I'm going to tell you something. I am going to shift back to the five-fold ministry for a minute. What happens with gifted and anointed and called people, if they're not careful, is instead of thinking of each other better than themselves, they think they're better than the others. So the only way that true five-fold ministry can come together and work is when you prefer your brother above yourself. It's the only way it can work. I prefer you, brother. Yes, I have a gift. Yes, I have an anointing. That doesn't matter. I'm going to prefer you, brother. That's how it works. Have we ever seen this, or is this just a dream? I, 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 think, I think that it's possible, and I think that this is what God wants. And I know it's doable. I'm not just up here blowing smoke. This is Bible. I know we can do this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Four, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. What was the uh, JOY, the acronym, you know, J-O-Y? Jesus first, others second, yourself last. If you want to have joy in your life, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Not saying I've got that all figured out, but I know it is true. Colossians 3, 8 through 9. But now is the time, here we go again, to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Why'd you throw that in there, Paul? I want to hone in on something here, slander. What is slander? Slander is evil speaking of your brother. I'm just going to go on, on the record here. It's not okay. It's never going to be okay. And if you're doing it, stop. It's called repentance. Do not slander your brother. Do not talk evil of your brother and your sister who was created in the same image of God that you were. Stop doing it. And I'll be honest with you, man, this is what blows churches apart. This is what wrecks all kind of relationships is people start speaking evil of one another. Can we just forever like stop and no, Lord, we're not gonna do that. We need to have a little more enthusiasm on this one. Because I'm serious, it grieves the heart of God. You know that it does. It grieves the heart of God when I say something to make less of another person, when I say something to make them look in a bad light, to make me look in a better light, whatever. It's evil, man, it's so evil. What if we instead honored one another and blessed one another and said, man, you know what, this brother, man, he, he's, he's this, this. Why don't you give them something positive that they're doing right instead of just ripping them for everything they're still doing wrong? 
not excusing sin, but we're all in a process, man. If there's one perfect person in here, please tell me who you are. I want your autograph, okay? We're all in this process of growing up in the kingdom and becoming mature, obedient sons. And until we're 100% obedient like Jesus Christ was to the Father, we're still learning. Because Jesus Christ lived 100% obedient to the Father. Isn't that an awesome testimony? Well, that's the goal. That's where we're going. But we're not there yet. So we got to cut each other a little bit of slack. Amen? Don't lie to each other. Let's stop right there. Don't lie to each other. You know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me one time? This, this was a bombshell. He said, you're never more like Jesus than when you tell the truth, and you're never more like the devil than when you tell a lie. You are never more like Jesus than when you tell the truth, and you are never more like the devil than when you tell a lie. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth. It's his nature to the core. Then he turns around and says, Satan is the father of, of lies. You know how you can tell if Satan's lying? If his lips are moving. He is the originator of all deception. So if we're lying to each other, just stop. I mean, there, some of this is really practical. <laughs> we don't even need like a third heaven revelation about this. If you're lying to somebody, stop. Holy Spirit, convict us if we are doing this. Can I tell you what lying is? It is an intentional how do I want to say this? It, it, it's, it's an intentional, deliberate deceit, meaning you're trying to deceive another human being. You're trying to get them to think something different than reality. That's the devil's territory, man. That's his whole MO. We don't want nothing to do with that. Don't lie to each other, for you've been stripped of your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. You guys still okay? I told you it was going to be a word bath, but you're going to feel really clean when you leave. Colossians 3, 12 through 14, since God shows you to be holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. See, here it is again. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Have you ever been offended? Can we put both hands up? We've all been offended. It's going to happen. I wish that I could tell you you could come into some sterile environment where you would never get offended again. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. I wish it could happen, but I'm telling you, there's always going to be opportunity for offense. And what does the Lord tell us to do? Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You remember the parable when Jesus talked about the guy that was forgiven such an insurmountable debt? And then somebody came up to him and he wouldn't forgive a little small debt. And he's like, no, 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 go throw that guy in prison. This is not how this works. I have forgiven you of an insurmountable debt. The least you can do is forgive one another. Because I'm going to tell you, you did worse things to God than anybody's ever done to you. You got to know that. And you've been forgiven much, right? So now we love much. Above all, that sounds very definitive, Clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. We're almost done. You guys still hanging with me? Colossians 3.16, let the message of Christ and all of its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. So think about this again. This is another one another scripture. It's saying teach and counsel each other. 
There's no mention there of the fivefold ministry. This is the body teaching one another. Look, if I have some revelation from God, I'll be honest with you, when I'm around my friends, I want to share it like, man, look what God showed me. Man, is this amazing? And then we learn from one another what God is teaching us individually. Amen? Amen. Paul said that we're living letters, living epistles read by all men. See, what you're actually doing this morning is you're reading what God has written in my life over the last 20-something plus years, right? We read one another's life. God has inscribed on each of us deep and awesome and precious holy things. And we get to share those with one another. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 3.12, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. Yes, Lord, let it be. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Don't you know that it's inherent if you're a child of God? These are things that you don't need to be taught. These are inherently given to you at the new birth. You know what? I just received love from God, and I should probably love my neighbor. It's just a natural outflow of the love that we've experienced. I don't, you don't need to be taught this, even though I'm teaching it. 1 Thessalonians 4.18, so encourage one another with these words. He was talking about the return of the Lord. Man, this world's gone crazy. Well, encourage people with these words. Jesus is king, and he's actually physically, literally going to come back, and he's going to set this whole mess straight. Encourage one another with those words. Woohoo, boy, that's where I get encouraged. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. Man, oh man. First Thessalonians 5.11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. So here's the thing. I can encourage you or I can discourage you. I can build you up or I can tear you down. I have the power to do either one. James 3, what did it say? There's this mouth that we have. <laughs> It sets things on fire. And it says it was set on fire by hell itself. I mean, it was pretty bold what, what James said about it. We can bless or we can curse. Do you know, boy, I just got to go here. None of this is in my notes. Do you know you've been giving, given the power to bless or to curse? And it's going to come out of your mouth. I can bless people or I can curse people. And you know what? There's power behind both of them. People don't know that, man. I'm telling you the truth. Oh, this is, getting, this is getting sticky. An anointed person with real spiritual authority and gifting, when they step into cursing, there is an unbelievable amount of power behind it. People don't think about this stuff. Spiritual authority goes both ways. If you've been given spiritual authority from heaven to do good with, boy, you have the potential of doing a lot of bad with it. Because you've been given an authority from God to bless, but you could use it to curse. And man, it's a scary thing. It's called spiritual witchcraft. I call it charismatic witchcraft. We're going around cursing one another in the name of God. Oh my God, if we've ever needed to repent of anything, web people, anybody around the world, we got to get rid of that mess. It is so evil. We bless, we do not curse. Goodness gracious, the Lord's just hitting stuff, isn't he? Yep. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Do you know what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to warn each other. That's right. 
When's the last time you had a really good brother get in your face and warn you? We need that. I have brothers in my life that they can call me on the carpet at any time. They know they got full authority to do that, and they will. And I thank God for it. Brother, if you see me getting out of line, you just come to me and warn me and tell me, dude, you're getting off, and I will listen. Amen? Safety. Warn one another. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. We're getting close to the end here. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Motivate one another. That's an awesome thought. Verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So here, here's an interesting dynamic, too. This is talking about coming together like we are right now. We all know that, that it's easy to get into this cycle of neglecting coming together. And I'm not talking about COVID. This is a whole new reality. We know all that. I'm talking about pre-COVID, there were people that would disappear for three months. Right? There's no COVID and I ain't seen you in a year. I mean, you know what I'm saying. You can get into this mode where you can drift away from fellowship and intimate relationship and connectedness. And I'm going to be honest with you, it is easier to go alone. But it ain't the way we're called to go. We need one another. And can I tell you what happens? I, I, I've been in ministry so long, I've seen this over and over. People that disconnect from consistent relational fellowship, their lives drift and drift and drift, and drift, and then all of a sudden you see them and it's like, whoa, man, what happened to you? You know what I'm saying? Well, I just kind of got out of fellowship and I just kind of drifted and drifted and drifted until you're like way out in no man's land, right? We need one another and it says, let us not neglect coming together because I'm telling you, times like this encourages us. I mean, I'm gonna be encouraged today. You're gonna be encouraged today. We're all gonna be encouraged today because we came together. We could have just stayed in the bed. We could have went and done something else. But you made the effort, you came together, and you're going to be blessed for it. Amen? Amen? But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. James 4.11, here you go. Do not speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. There goes the cursing again. Don't do it. It grieves the heart of God. James 5.9, listen to this one. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. Don't grumble and complain and murmur and fault find about your brothers and sisters for you will be judged. Look, the judge is standing at the door. I hope some of these scriptures put some fear of God in us. These are not small things. The way that we treat one another is not small in God's eyes. It's the big one. He's not carried, oh, I gotta tell you this, he doesn't care how good you can preach and you can sing if you can't love one another. He doesn't care how gifted you are. He doesn't care how amazing everybody thinks you are. If you're not getting this stuff relationally right, forget it. Amen? Amen. This is the heart of our Father. Almost done. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Boy, that's a big step. Have you ever done that? Have you ever gotten with a brother, somebody that you trust, or a sister, and you've just confessed, man, I'm struggling with this. I'm just confiding in you. I'm trusting you. Will you help me? Will you pray with me? And you know what, boy? There's a spiritual power that comes in that. Man, stuff breaks off. Confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. 1 Peter 4, 8, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Okay, so how are we gonna do any of this stuff that we're talking about this morning? That one phrase right there, for love 
covers a multitude of sins. If we're going to relate as a real community, love is going to have to cover a multitude of our sins. Amen? So here's what this does. This annihilates the religious spirit. Because the religious spirit, you remember one of the qualifications of the religious spirit is you put heavy burdens on people, but you don't lift a finger to help them. Remember what Jesus said? You weigh them down with all these requirements and you don't even try to help them. Okay, the opposite of that is love covers a multitude of sins. And again, we're not given license to sin, trust me. We're called to holiness. If you know me, you know I'm a holiness preacher. I always have been. I don't preach loosey-goosey stuff. But we also have to cover one another where we're at. We're all in a process right now with the Lord, amen? 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have a gift, whatever that is, spiritual gift, natural gift, any kind of gift, use that to serve one another. I have to tell you this testimony, there was a few years back, I mean, I've been a drummer my whole life and, and I had gone a few years that I hadn't been playing much and I just told the Lord one day, I said, God, you gave me this as a gift. I said, I'm willing to serve, you know, if you want me to serve somebody and it was literally like within the next couple of weeks, boom, 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 boom. I got all these invitations to just go play for people and just go help people and go do, and you know, one of them was Don Potter, that's how I met Don, was, was he called and said, hey, we need a drummer and whatever, but it came out of a heart to just serve the body of Christ with a gift I'd been given. We all have a gift, whatever that is, we're called to serve the body with it, amen? Yes. Gifts are not for us, they're for each other. 1 Peter 5, 5, last couple scriptures. In the same way, you younger men must accept the authority of the elders. That's popular. And all of you serve each other in humility, for God opposes the proud but favors the humble. So all New Testament community, whether it's community or government stuff, all has to be rooted in humility and serving one another, or it will not work. Like I said, if it ever gets into lording it over, or this jealousy stuff, or this ambition stuff, or, oh my God, how many of you guys are sick and tired of ministry ambition? People that just want to be a something. I want my name and lights, and I want to show off my gifts. Oh God, ugh. We're called to serve one another in love and be a family, amen? And God will do with us whatever he chooses to do with us. So this is the end of it. Finally, this one phrase is repeated more than 10 times throughout the New Testament. You can probably guess what it is. 1 John 3.11, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. So I wish that I had some deep, amazing revelation to wow you this morning, but really it's gonna come down to this. We should love one another. It is deep. <laughs> because to God, this is the deepest. So I want to please my father. I'm a son of God. And my father disciplines me. And he teaches me. And he trains me. And he does the same to you. And I'm going to tell you what he's taught me and trained me and taught me. This is what he wants. <laughs> this is the heart of the father. Yes, we're going to do ministry together. Yes, we're going to see signs and wonders and miracles. Yes, we're going to have all the fivefold. We're going to do all the great fun stuff. But most importantly, we're going to love one another. And we're going to be a genuine community that's not just some fake thing. You know, David and I have been talking about this word organic. This is organic. This isn't an organization this is an organic community. Yes. 
everything that we're talking about. And so this isn't about institutions or buildings or whatever. This is about people and relational dynamics. Amen? So we can do that with or without a building. We can do that with or without whatever. We can do that with or without America. We can do this because we're called to do this because God has given us the grace to do this. So I'm going to finish with this. It's time to build. It's time to build. 2021, I mean, I heard it so clear. It's time to build. Is the fivefold going to do everything we're supposed to do to build? Yes. But you're not off the hook either. The body is called to build itself up. Build one another. Bodybuilders. Now, you're going to remember that. Now, you're going to go like, I'm a bodybuilder. Look in the mirror tomorrow morning. Say, I'm a bodybuilder. Amen? So, Lord, help us. Can I just pray for us, and then we'll get out of here? You guys are very... Uh, patient people. Thank you for hanging with this. I know it was a lot of scriptures, but it's good for us. So Father, thank you for your word. Oh God, how we need your word. And Lord, nothing that we just read is even possible in our flesh. There's nothing we read this morning that we can do in and of ourselves. But you've put your spirit inside of us. You've given us grace. And Lord, all things now are possible because you live inside of us. And God, we know this is the desire of your heart for real community, for real fellowship, for real unity, for real love. And God, we're asking you to make it happen. God, you're the one that can do it. You're the only one that can do it. And so we ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us. Lord, bind us together in the spirit and in unity and in peace. God, we surrender to it. We say, yes, Lord, we see it, we want it. God, help us to do it, Father. And we give you all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just before we go, I want to lead us in something. We're going to have people around the altar that will pray for you. Uh, Ricky, would you come help? You got time? And uh, Jerry and others. Yeah, man. Hey, some of you, before you leave, you need somebody to pray with you around the altar. Just be in agreement. And uh, we want to do that. But you know it's important that we know who he is in us, but also who we are in him, right? I saw my brother over here, and it reminded me to do it. I want you to stand. And then after we do this, the altar's open. Would you put in that what I, I just sent you a text over there. Uh, that's how you communicate in the middle of a service. I, I want you to repeat. Let's, this is what I want you to remember. Everything that Chris said was the Lord because it was the word of God. Now we want to just build ourselves up before we go because it's going to be important. You've got to stay built up in this hour. Okay? We need one another. Just say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. In Christ Jesus, old things are passed away and all things have become new. As Jesus Christ is in the world, so I am. I am born again. I am the light of the world. I am the salt of the earth. I am kept by the power of God Almighty through faith. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I am born again by the Word of God. I am complete in Jesus. My sins are nailed to the cross. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. I rule and reign in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is my heavenly Father. Jesus Christ is my Lord. 
and I am a product of His love. I have love. I have joy. I have peace. I have long-suffering. I have goodness. I have gentleness. I have meekness. I have temperance. I have faith. I have kindness and humbleness of mind. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am strengthened in all power by the might of the Lord. My nature is divine. My weapons are mighty in God to tearing down strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every thought that exalts itself against the word of God. I bring every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ. All things are under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he has been given to be the head of all things. To his church, which is his body, which includes me, the fullness of him that fills all in all. He has disarmed all the rulers and authorities. He made a public display of them, having triumphed over them. And in his covenant and in his word, he has given me authority to tread upon all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm me. I always triumph in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror through him. And now, Lord Jesus, from your throne of grace, I receive grace, the word, and the blood. And in Jesus' name, I remove from myself and my family all oppression, all the works of darkness. I remove in the name of the Lord Jesus all the works of religion, doubt, unbelief, and heresy. I remove in Jesus' name all the works of confusion and distraction, all the works of tiredness and fatigue. I am strengthened in all power by the might of the Lord. In Jesus' strong name, I break every curse. I remove every stronghold, every judgment. And in Jesus' name, I receive the finished works of Calvary. And I proclaim my freedom in Jesus Christ. And now in the name of the Lord Jesus, I speak peace. And I thank you, Lord that you watch over your word to perform it. And I'm just going to seal it. Lord, thank you. We seal this. We thank you, Lord. This is who we are because of who you are in us. We want them both, Lord, who you are and who we are in Christ Jesus. And now, Lord, we just thank you. We seal this. We, nothing will steal it. And Lord, we just do thank you again for the Rose family, Lord. We just extend our hands out to them. We bless them. Brandon, Wendy, we bless them, the children, as they go to Honduras. And Lord, we thank you. You are making a way, and they will walk in the steps that you have provided. 
They'll follow the lamb wherever he goes. And they'll bear much fruit. And it will be fruit that will remain. And Lord, I bless and I speak that over everyone. God, thank you for this wonderful word this morning that we heard from Chris. And we seal it in our hearts. We are the one another's that you spoke about all through the scripture. Thank you, Lord. It's the most glorious time to be a believer in Christ Jesus. And I pray you'd fill everyone in this room and those that are watching with great faith for this hour, Lord. We are those who will run the race with endurance. And we will finish our race. And if you're watching by web stream, we want to pray just before we go. The altar's open. Come on up, Jerry and, and Ricky. You guys just come to the altar. If you need prayer, somebody to agree with you about something. But if you're watching this morning from whatever nation, because they're watching from the nations, and we don't understand. We just thank you. We want to be faithful. And if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, this is the day of salvation. And the Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can't come to him when you want to. You come when he draws you. No one can come. He draws us. And there's the conviction. And we choose to follow him. Jesus said, come after me. If you come after me, take up your cross and follow me. We must turn from sin. That means repent. That means change. You say, I see this as sin. I agree that this is sin, Lord. And I turn from it. And I turn to you. By faith, And he will forgive you and cleanse you if you confess that. The Bible says if you confess him as your Lord, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we want to pray for you right now, wherever you're watching from. Then you connect with us. We have an email. And it's trustinjesus at gmail. Trustinjesus2020 is what it is. We're going to have to change it. It's almost over. We're 2021. But it's there on your screen and we'll do what we can. We'll pray for you and try to help you get connected with a church somewhere where you live. But just pray. Say, dear God, let's all pray this out loud just as a reconfirmation of our own faith. Dear God, I need you. And I believe in Jesus that he is the son of the living God. And I confess my need of you this morning. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. And I choose to turn my life over to you. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That he died on the, and he rose again. And I confess you with my mouth that you are my Lord. And by faith I receive you. Now thank you, Lord. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of God. Use me for the rest of my life to bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for praying.